You're listening to The Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian-American perspective. And hey everyone, I'm your host Marvin Yue, along with me is always, uh, uh, that was terrible. Along with me, as always, is my co-host Christine Minji Chang. Hello world. And joining us today, making his triumphant return to the Collabcast, is director Andron. Hi. Fresh from his award-winning feature film directorial debut at the Sundance Film Festival. <laughs> Congratulations, by thank the way. You, thank you, thank yeah. you, thank <laughs> you. To you and uh, and your 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 guys, Joe. Right? Yeah, just yeah. uh, it's awesome. It's it was it was crazy. It was. We'll, we'll talk more about that later. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started right now. It won't stop. <laughs> <laughs> so how's it been since you've been back? Um, I heard you had a little bout with bronchitis. Yeah, <laughs> bronchitis. Oh and man, I was, you was, were so worn out at the trip, right? It like, was crazy talk. Like yeah. I was not sleeping well, and like like I got food poisoning while I was there. Oh, yeah. um, oh that's the worst. It was terrible, and I, I thought I had the flu, but like then I was like, oh, it's just food poisoning, but it still knocked <laughs> oh, me out. It's just know? food it's poisoning. Pretty bad. I had um, I didn't tell Minji this, but um, I actually got sick uh, well, during my trip in Asia when I was in China. I got food mm. poisoning too. Mm. It got oh, pretty bad. Sucks. <laughs> I hadn't experienced actual food poisoning until like much later in life, and I really, it was it's way worse than just like having an upset stomach. It's so bad. Yeah. I mean, like I went to like a fancy like director's brunch with like Robert Redford the, <laughs> the day after I got food poisoning, and like oh I had crackers and Sprite, you know, and oh. it's like beautiful food. Like, oh, so... that's the worst. You're just afraid of like eating anything. Yeah, because you know it's just coming out in like ten seconds. Well, and so. it doesn't—it's not peeling, like because you just—it makes you feel ill. The idea of eating it—that yeah. sucks. Yeah, but so like, but you I pull think, it off, and you're like, "Well, my, hi, Robert. <laughs> hi, Bob." <laughs> <laughs> but no, like my immune system, like I think was compromised, and then when I got back from Sundance, I was just like at death's door. Like I couldn't leave. I like <laughs> stayed at my parents' place because Aww. because I was like, "Take care of me, someone." <laughs> um, I and can't I just. Live. I'd like stayed there for like a week and like finally I'm kind of back to normal. Did your mom make you porridge? She didn't know, but (laughs) I mean like she made me lots of other food. Of course, yeah. But it was just I want some right now. Are you feeling under the weather? No, it's just really good. (laughs) (laughs) Chinese porridge is really good too. Actually, that's what I made Marvin take me like because he's out in San Gabriel Valley where there's a lot more Chinese food. It's like find me a porridge spot. Tell me where to go. Because I've been sick so much last yeah. year. You know this story. Yeah. So I was like, I need porridge to make me feel better. Yeah, we were just talking offline about just how our bodies are just turning on us now that we're older. <laughs> we're, we're falling apart, you guys, <laughs> one day at a time. And I feel like a lot of times it's accelerated just because of the lives we lead are kind a little of, bit right? more stressful. Like, honestly, like I think about how people did business like when there wasn't 
email, mm-hmm. you know, and like smartphones. And it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, like it must have been so much slower paced. Yeah. Because you had to like write a letter. People were talking you know? about that. Um, like and people who have been in the industry for decades, right? And so they're not particularly old it's just how quickly things have changed they would have couriers and they would have you know if you wanted to send a script to somebody you you couldn't like zip it up and put it in a nice little pdf and send it over to somebody you had to like put it in a giant folder manila envelope and send it to somebody and that would take time yeah and so that's probably why everyone wanted to move to hollywood so they can you know be servers to directors and say hey by the way but that's what I'm saying. That was, that was a whole other... Now yeah, like, that was a whole other email? <laughs> I send it to all of your emails. It's in my spam box. Leave me alone. This is unsolicited material. This Get out of link, my mind. This is a link to my Dropbox. It has all my unwritten screenplays or unfinished screenplays. Here's my Vimeo link. Um, password is I'm going to be a star. Ah, times have changed. No, but honestly, so this is my other thing that people were talking to me about turning... They were like, turn off your phone, right? Mm. They're like, you need to de- disconnect... I was like, well, then how am I going to wake up? Because <laughs> it's my alarm. <laughs> no, you, you do, do not disturb. It's yeah. It's the little moon thing. I finally got on that train. Yeah, I learned how to use my own phone. <laughs> yeah. I, like, need that. Like, I really need that. Because I get, like, random... Like, I have friends in New York, you know, and they'll, like, they'll, like send me something or they'll, like, Facebook comment on something at, like, you know, 9 in the morning there. And it's, like, 6 in the morning here. I'm like, I do not want... Homie, to... I'm in my REM cycle. Yeah. Leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I'm glad you're healthy now because it's, it's the worst. I can't, I can't believe it took you a week to... But you... Bronchitis is pretty bad. Yeah, though. it's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah like, that's my something. ribs are still tender, you know? Like, I'm yeah. like afraid like, to... Like... <laughs> I'm like afraid to cough or sneeze. It's, a, um, it's an infection, right? In the throat area? Yeah, or... inflammation of your bron- yeah. bronchial tube. Yeah, um, I don't know if I mentioned this. I had pneumonia once, and that was the worst. Yeah, I was just just sidelined for two weeks. Is that yeah. water in your lungs? That's yeah. just that's an infection of your lungs. Okay, Oof. water in your lungs is usually it's caused by your lungs collapsing. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Stay healthy, guys. Vitamin yeah. C emergency. I've been taking. Is- I'm on a very very <laughs> high pro not hot profile. That's not the right word, but I'm on a very intense vitamin regimen now. <laughs> as of 2016, as like my armor against getting sick and it's helped i have been on the verge of it but i haven't gotten sick yet um but zinc helps zinc i take zinc vitamin c a ton of vitamin c every day echinacea i do my fish oil and i do b complex you should package that up and sell it online i'm pretty sure they already do (laughs) (laughs) but put your face on it and then and I'm then sure all the Asian it. parents have like the, you know, they're all like, oh, they're, they're, like they're doing, doing like, like an Amway thing and selling vitamins <laughs> to each other. Ugh. Each and every week we start off the show by going around the table and talking about what's on our minds in the world of pop culture and life. So this week, let's start with Minji. What's on your mind this week? The Grammys. Oh. I'm still catching up. So this is like a partial commentary but maybe i maybe all together we can like piece yeah we could like well it's like a show. quilt we'll all contribute a piece of the patch yeah because it was a very uneven show i thought because i didn't watch it there was um there were some really good performances and there was just some like eh, the worst. Meh. i wouldn't say the worst no i'm saying i just needed like, to insert that um because i was half watching and half you know working on stuff on my computer and some things i was like i gotta watch this and some things were like eh 
Yeah. I can go, going. like, going. Taylor Swift isn't seeing Blank Space, so I'm not going to watch. What is know? she seeing? Some, is there one of her new songs? I don't know. Okay. It wasn't Blank Space or Black Blood or any of her bangers. Wildest so. Dreams, you guys. Wildest Dreams. <laughs> that song, I'm sorry. I turned into, like, a 12-year-old. I was like, oh, my God. This is my heart. <laughs> can I write the, I used to, like, write lyrics that I, did anyone do this? When I was a kid, maybe till I was a teenager, I would write the lyrics down because I, had nice handwriting i don't care anymore about my handwriting um but before i used to have like that super precise asian girl thing going on and um i would like write it all pretty in my gel pens on like a pretty piece (laughs) of stationery and i don't know what i would do with it it just i wrote it down i wrote down lyrics to my favorite songs yeah my handwriting has always been shit (laughs) so i was so glad when we all moved to the digital era and started typing everything leave it behind leave it behind you don't need to know my (laughs) My hand cramps when i like yeah right it's like i'm like oh my god it's like atrophy feed mushrooms like you haven't used them in, in although so long. I, yeah although i still i'm still proud of the fact that i can write in cursive uh-huh. me too i love cursive yeah. see and i would do that some of them i get very elegant i think i think taylor swift's wildest dream would have been of cursive <laughs> that, that 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 yeah it's the right font going to song. the calligraphy you know it's my, choosing the right <laughs> font for song. my song lyric thing was always like super emo lines from songs to put in my see, aim profile people would do that you needed to log it like or put it in your voicemail intro, whatever. Like putting like fuel lyrics in my game oh profile. Oh my god! We're here and now. Will we ever be again? Oh no! <laughs> oh man! All that shimmers in this world is sure to fade. Oh no! Way again. Grammys, Grammys. Back to the Grammys. Wait, okay, just like so, save me, get me out of here. So, w- what have you seen so far? So I was YouTubing. Actually, I was try- and it was funny. I knew it was happening, and I I had uh, streamed the Super Bowl from halftime onward, and so I was under this silly assumption that I could just stream the Grammys, which apparently was set up and then crashed, so it just wasn't working. People were pissed, Mm. (laughs) so I didn't watch it, so I was just sticking to YouTube, and so I was like live. Everyone's going like, oh my god, so-and-so just killed it, and I was like, I need to find it, so because you know there's somebody out there who's recording and uploading it instantaneously, which people did. But then they were immediately taken down. So like halfway through the video, like this video has been removed by CBS. <laughs> like did a violation of copyright. But um, I watched Ellie Goulding's uh, mashup that she did. And um, I watched Justin Bieber. I watched. He's been getting a lot of crap for his his act. Was not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. Mm. No. Um, I love that song, but I don't get why they made it that way. But, you know. Maybe he's really want to show off his dope guitar skills. He has, honestly, I think Justin Bieber has a great voice, but that, whatever that mix of it was, like, they completely changed the composition of the song, I felt like. It didn't sound like... Which song was it? It was Love Yourself. Mm -hmm. And he did it acoustic with a guitar. Mm -hmm. And then then with a rock band. And I was like, I don't understand what's happening. You just really want to capture that YouTube sitting in your living room feel of, I don't you know, know. It's the Grammys. Dude with a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see fire. <laughs> oh, and Tori Kelly. Mm. And, um... Can we talk about, um... And Kendrick. Tori Kelly and losing Hamilton. to, uh... To Megan Trainer. <laughs> I know. That was heartbreaking. I think Megan Trainer's great, and she had a bunch of hits and everything like that. I, I think her songs are super catchy. I sing along with a lot of them. But I feel like overall, it was Tori's year. She had, oh, I don't know. I was disappointed. And, like, of course, we're friends with a lot of Tori's really good friends. <laughs> so I have that emotional attachment as well. I mean, we're, Andrew's for her freaking video. I was hanging out with Andrew on Monday. So, like, 
yeah, I really, for a lot of reasons, really wanted Tori to win on top of the fact that she's an incredible artist. But I mean, I actually was listening to an interview of hers from like a few months ago and she was talking about, I, she's getting emotional saying it would just be a dream to even be nominated because the guy who's interviewing her was like, so I get a vibe from you that you're kind of like an aspiring Best New Artist Grammy nominee. And she's like, oh my, she was like, you know, getting yeah. emotional. And I was yeah. like, it came true. Yeah. Well, she also got to perform. Which yeah, was it was incredible. Dope. It's James Bay, right? Is it? I was like, Michael Bay is the director. <laughs> but I love his song. I know his song, um, Let It Go. Mm-hmm. But, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. I got emotional. What else did you watch so far? Hamilton. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. <laughs> so is that your first time, like, seeing anything Hamilton related? Like, Yeah. It was weird. Because everyone's been raving about it, apparently. And I was like... It's mm. in the air, you know. I didn't know. Yeah. How long have you been hearing about it, Andrew? Oh, like, I mean, like, friends have been, like... Like uh, updating Facebook and tweeting about it. Like, how did for, I miss yeah, this? A long time. I heard a lot about from my friends who are super in the musical theater, and also just um, because Allegiance was also on the same season right. on Broadway, and they. See, I heard about that. They were yeah. very much like they post a lot about Hamilton too, because like I guess the, the cast yeah. were very like they went to chummy. each other's shows and yeah. they were pretty chummy because they were the two people of color led Broadway musicals on Broadway. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah, I mean, I'm just so thankful. Thank you to the Grammys for bringing that into my life because I <laughs> completely was missing whatever people were sharing about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But it was incredible. Have you watched it? No, I haven't seen it. Andrew. I'm sure. We need a gush together. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. No, it was it was amazing. And then I just watched the acceptance speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where he wrapped it. Yeah, where he ra- <laughs> Dude, the guy's got energy for days. I love it. I'm such a musical theater geek. You should check out his other stuff to let him know he's up. Uh, he won a Tony for his last show. Of course he did. He'll probably win a Tony for this one or at least like um, he better be nominated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Better be. <laughs> he's incredible. I, I just thought the concept was amazing. And then just, I don't know. I, it amazes me with musicals, like how they set up because we were talking about like wicked and what, like how elaborate the sets get. And mm, like the, yeah. the, I love all that. Cause that creates that world and you're doing it live yeah. and you don't have, Film and Even plays these days are like they're making use of a lot of technology. Yeah. There's a lot more like intricate set design. Like it's not like a lot of people think of plays. They think of like their high school, you yeah. know, drama productions. But like these things, there are like technical engineers building sets and right. things. That, that, like even things like. Cirque du Soleil. You think, oh, it's just a circus, right? But no, they have moving walls, like giant robots. <laughs> right. Like, and mechanical flowers and yeah. stuff that are like blooming and a person's inside of them. I don't yeah. know. Well, whatever. it's like it's a live performance. It's a spectacle. It's yeah. like you have to give like people a reason to want to like actually sit in front of this. Right. And so it's like you have to show them something special. Right. Like, yeah. You know, it makes a lot of sense. Leave the comfort of Netflix. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Put on pants. <laughs> And drive or take us train to the theater. Yeah. That's what I love, though. I feel like it's this, like, resurgence of theater. And we're, we're like, keeping that alive where, like, so many people go, theater's dead and blah, blah, Like, I love that it's, there's this energy that's being infused back in through the, this these incredible pieces of art. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. And people are, like, down to sing and be loud. I'm like... <laughs> I don't care who you are. If you act like you don't sing in the shower when you hear a dope song, that means you are you have the ability to be a musical theater fan. It's all about just being big and loud. I love it. <laughs> Everyone knows I'm very loud. <laughs> no. 
No. That's not true. Did she? <laughs> Wait, did you watch any clips or like I saw I saw Adele. Okay. Um and like, you know, there's that whole mic on the piano strings like sound debacle. That's awful. Um but it, you know, it's one of those things where it's like I mean, I I think that song is so beautiful. Um you know, it's it's kind of like Adele's beautiful. Yeah, well, it's also, you know, there's something about Adele like She's really human, mm-hmm. you know? It's not like she's this kind of, like, perfect perfection, mm-hmm. you know, like, diva. She's very accessible. Yeah, she's super yeah. accessible. And so there's something about, like, you know, someone on Twitter was just like, oh, my God, Adele's, like, Adele's human. Like, she makes mistakes. <laughs> she's just like us, you know? It's like, I think it actually adds to her charm, Yeah, you know? Yeah, That's kind of the sucky thing about production, though, is when production fucks up, it's always blamed on the talent. Right, or mm-hmm. sometimes it's always like, well, it's oh. the, like the face of yeah. like what's being. Well, who's ever in front of you? Yeah, yeah you're gonna be like, <laughs> man, they messed up. I'm like, no, they didn't. The person <laughs> who's supposed to handle that microphone messed up. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how that person felt. That must have been really they got bad. Fired, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Who was responsible? <laughs> Tell me now. And then, and then, of course, Kendrick Lamar. Yes. I saw that. Oh my god, I could my my heart was racing at the end of it. Mm. It was really like visceral it wasn't just like oh wow that was really powerful like i was like damn (laughs) and very audacious too to do that at the grammys yes you know like the big stage like there's been a lot of that lately like even with like beyonce doing her thing at the super bowl Mm -hmm. yeah right and yeah it was was very what's the right word like audacious is a good word yeah Yeah, Yeah, very bold. bold it was really intense did you see the um the reaction shot like screen capture people like White people being uncomfortable during Kendrick <laughs> uh, performance. I, I saw that. I wondered if that was actually like taken from like during the performance. Yeah, but, I don't you think, never know. Yeah, I don't think if I was a producer during mm-hmm. that show, I'd be. Yeah, no audience shots unless, <laughs> uh, unless they're into it. <laughs> well, okay, so but, oh, go ahead. Well, I, I was just about to say it's like you know it's like that performance is so much of like a personal expression. Like it like kind of didn't matter. Yeah, you know, like what an audience would think. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was really just about like trying to get that's these who he is. Emotions yeah. out, these ideas out. Artist. Yeah. He's been that, and I think that's what people have loved. Not because he's incredibly skilled as a rapper, and like I don't know, and people are freaking out. And that's what I love about bringing in the jazz and having it. Yeah, in the, mm-hmm. it was just artistically, I was blown away. Again, it had that musical feel, and I was like, yes, because it's the theatrics that add <clears throat> to the performance, and that give, and then him showing up in the shackles, and um, you know, the the guys behind him that, and they all dance, and like it's crazy, right? Someone had to choreograph that, and someone had to like conceptualize that. But and then that on top of what he is saying, like what is coming out of his mouth, is super super powerful. And my friend was just like, okay, all he put on his status is like, if people freaked out about Beyonce last week, I don't know what the hell the internet's gonna do after this. Like, I'm really curious. Well, that's the thing. Well, I know this ties into Andrew's topic, which is uh, Beyonce's formation. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's just yeah. hop over there and yeah, a quick little segue. Let's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the sound that segues make right yes um so there's a lot that's been said about just people losing their damn minds over beyonce's video <laughs> snl skit man um, i, so I was funny. laughing and so hard i think going off of what you just said i think the biggest thing like i'm not sure people will react stronger to kendrick lamar's thing mm-hmm. it was definitely just as strong as just as like 
just as black as um, Beyonce's thing. But the thing is, like, up until then, Beyonce has always been like our black friend, right? Like, yeah, for for yeah. like mm-hmm. like moms everywhere, like oh, they're their black friend that they listen to, yeah. right? Yeah, single that- lady. <laughs> And but, there's that there's a SNL skit where like I don't think this is for us. Yeah, <laughs> but wait, yeah. everything usually is. <laughs> I was dying. And I think that's like the really like that's the really exciting thing about it. I mean, I know that there have been so much. There's been so much written about formation, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. know, like from so many different perspectives. But right. I think what's really um, undeniable is that um, you know it, it, it's it's so much about just like what Beyonce wants to do, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't matter if it's for like a white audience. Yeah. It's like, it's really, it's, it's kind of, um, there's something about that culture of community where it's just like, Oh, like I'm making this for us, mm-hmm. you know? And I, mm-hmm. and I think that even people outside of that, like even people like us as like Asian Americans, we can see that and like really, appreciate that right you know because we we look for that in our own media too it's like right you know a friend was telling me about like oh like all those buzzfeed videos that like kind of made buzzfeed huge about like it's like 10 things that korean americans do yeah you know? yeah, yeah, yeah and we're all just like sharing it on facebook someone and, gets it they get yeah, it <laughs> yeah and 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 i think that was so much of like the 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 response from the black community right. from formation was like oh my god like like someone gets it you yeah. know it's like yeah. we get you you get us and but it's funny i heard lashback yeah the last flashback <laughs> the backlash did i share this on last week's podcast like there was this one guy you mentioned it i don't think we went into it there was a guy yeah. who who had a really interesting very succinct way to kind of map it out and and i didn't again i i'm not Black, so I don't see the the huge larger response on a regular basis. I see an Asian response because a lot of my friends on Facebook are Asian, but um, and everyone's like, "Yes, Queen," but like <laughs> for him, he wrote this and it got shared a lot by my friends, and it was saying, you know, I can't understand the people who are hating on Beyonce, and he's he's an African American man, and he's just like, uh, she cannot win with like some of these people in the black community who always hate on her, yeah, no matter what she does. Mm. So he's like, I think y'all are ridiculous. She's been black since day one. She didn't suddenly, you know, turn on a switch to do it. And so I appreciated that because, yeah, I was seeing it from so many different perspectives because this one controversial piece of art, yeah. you know, stoked so many fires to, like, respond in a very But I think that's crazy a, way. Like, that's, like, the that's a sign of great art in a yeah. way is, is that... Um, people aren't just like, oh, that's nice. And yeah. it's, like, universally that way. It's actually that it creates conversation that people react to it right. like both really really positively and really really negatively like i think that um you know art is a way to get you to look at the world in a different way mm-hmm. and if and if to it provoke thought. yeah to provoke yeah and so if it doesn't provoke anything you well know, that was a funny thing where everyone's like is beyonce being an activist and i was like most artists <laughs> are like that's kind of inherently part of the deal is mm-hmm. like you're reflecting yourself your culture the world whatever like your commentary music whatever like it's it is i don't know like how do you divorce that right. from the beginning how yeah. did you how did you disclude that <laughs> yeah and i was listening to some analysis about it too i think it was on the same up the same wavelength of the the article that you read mm-hmm. and it was just 
talking about how Beyonce just can't win with some people. Yeah. Like when okay, the whole Black Lives Matter thing started, people were calling her out for like not being more active about it. And then she, then she showed, showed up, up at Ferguson and was like, well, she's just there for fame or to promote her, like something. Yeah, you're taking away attention from the yeah. cause. And then she didn't come. And then she donated hella money to bail out people who were getting arrested at the protest. Mm. And, and then, then they're like, like you're just throwing up. your money at it. <laughs> You're not you're not using your platform. Like, what do you want, man? <laughs> like, I don't know. I didn't know she did all that. Yeah, I had no idea. And you know, that's the world that we live in, and the response is so immediate. That's why I think it's different now with with artists now, right? That it's become for so many people. It is about viewership, and like, yeah, if you got nine million views on like whatever, whether that it was great art and had meaning, or whether it was just really really catchy and everyone just had to share it. I mean, sometimes for a lot of people, that's just a goal because they get to make their living off of being, you know, musicians or whatever. Mm. But then for other people, it still is about what is the message. And, you know, hopefully that that doesn't get lost. And I don't think it I don't think it ever will, because as much as that happens, like people get more defensive, like, no, we need to stick to like a true message and we Mm. can't lose substance for catchiness Mm -hmm. or like viral What's the word? Viral. Vir- Virality. Virality. Viralness. <laughs> Viralness. <laughs> Lashback viralness. Shut up. <laughs> Making up words. I think, yeah, I mean, even when whenever you get people using their platform to, like, have a message or have a stance, mm-hmm. you always have people saying, like, you know, like, lashing back, right? Well, I get what you're saying. It's just, like... Sometimes you get annoyed with... Uh, here's my thing about activists, because I grew up in the Bay where there's a lot of people who have a lot of mm-hmm. beef or, you know, things to say about a lot of things, right? And I can completely see on one side how annoyed people can get that why do you have to turn everything into, like, a thing? Why do you? Why can't you just listen to a song and not psychoanalyze and blah, 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 blah? Why does everything about have to be about saving trees? And I'm like, you know what? Everything that... To me, I, I forgot who broke it down, but I was like... When I think of what I am privileged and lucky to like uh, live today, like being able to vote, like mm-hmm. living in the states and have my parents be citizens and all the things, right? Being able to shop whenever I feel like it, not being segregated to a certain part of any building. Those are things that got done because somebody had to make a fuss about it. Those are not just like givens at one point in time. So I'm like... Yeah. More power, you know, as, as I can get irritated, too, because sometimes I'm just like, let's just chill and, like, <laughs> enjoy life. But I have a great appreciation for people who are willing to stick their neck out and be, you know, disliked or cause a ruckus sometimes. You would really like Hamilton, then, because that's pretty much the story <laughs> of Hamilton. Yeah, I knew it. Someone's got to do it. We're I full circle. Like, yeah. yeah. podcast is over. That's what artists do. Well, I mean, that's, that's, it's so true. It's like, as much as, you know, it's like, uh, an artist can have their commercial goals. It's like, you know, like, and wanting to get their music heard and, you know, popular, but at the same time, it's like any, anyone who practices any sort of art, you know, whether it's music, film, dance, it's like, there's a certain level of like, uh, where are you getting your inspiration from? And like it comes you have something from, to say. Yeah, it's yeah. it's from you and your personal Hopefully. experiences. Hopefully, got something to say. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's true. Very true. And that's where the audience comes into play. If like it's something that resonates with other people, then they respond to it. You know. But I totally agree. Yeah. That's I love that we're hearing this from. I love hearing it from you because like you're so in the film world, which I love, and but collab keeps me very embedded in the music world, which I mm-hmm. also love, and. And they're so intertwined. I yeah, know. I mean, I think it's really hard to to um, 
like separate the arts you know mm-hmm. it's like it, it, and and as a filmmaker it's like you kind of have to you absorb the culture around you and and if if I only watched film, like if that was the only artistic, oh, no. it would be yeah. terrible. Yeah, you know? it's like yeah. you wouldn't. You you need things that surprise you. You need things that challenge you. Yeah. Provoke that, like, you. Provoke. It's a good word. <laughs> provocative. <laughs> I start using that a lot now. <laughs> All right, moving on to speaking of provocative. Speaking yeah. of provocative. Um, so my topic is something that I picked up on one of my Google alerts. Uh, so. Um, in case you guys don't know, I'm also the managing editor of our collaboration editorial staff, which puts up blog posts on collaboration.org. Um, so I'm always on the lookout for new stories. And this um, showed up on my alerts the other day about a new production of Gilbert and Sullivan's Mikado happening in Austin by the Generic Ensemble Company. For those of you who haven't heard of the play Mikado, it's a GNS play that takes place in a fictional oriental village and predominantly, historically, it's always been played by white people in yellow face that was with intent right yeah okay. um so it's basically it's a satire on british culture but seen through the lens of just like oriental jokes and mm-hmm. stuff so those orientals um, <laughs> those silly you know oh wait obviously british? not japanese those orientals i didn't do that one that anyway. was terrible. I still horrible <laughs> you work on your the accents worst. um <laughs> so this play has been in the news a couple times in the last few years when, you know, different theater companies have tried putting it on, but, you know, not thinking about the cultural context of mm-hmm. modern day America. It's been mm-hmm. it's been shut down, too. Yeah. There have been some productions that have been, like, stopped. I yeah. participated in that Twitter war <laughs> to shut it down. Mm-hmm. I'm glad yeah. I did. So mm. the difference with this production is um, the generic um, ensemble company is actually a person of color run theater group. And they are actually repurposing the Mikado story, setting it in a future concentration camp um, setting. Oh, wow. And um, the cast is mostly Asian Americans. And, you know, they're trying to reclaim this traditionally um, kind face. of racist uh, kind of. play. Mm-hmm. I mean, so the biggest um, argument for it is like, it's not really making fun of Asians, mm-hmm. even though the entire conceit of it is, you know, Ching Chong jokes and maybe is not Ching Chong really? jokes, I but need like to see a this, very like... like Give someone send me the script. <laughs> we'll do a reading. We'll see. <laughs> Andrew, we can dive Colla- in and be collaboration like... <laughs> produces the Mikado. I don't no, no, know no, 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 no. A reading. We're gonna um, we're gonna dissect this. Mother. So I'm interested in seeing how this goes. I'm you know in the process of hopefully setting up some sort of story on it. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Keep your eyes on the blog for that. Whether or not I succeed or fail in getting them to talk. Well, anybody listening in Austin, it's happening now, right? Yeah, if it's uh, it's happening now, check it out. It's um, at the vortex in austin yeah uh, <laughs> well okay here's the thing i can't make commentary because i haven't watched it so mm-hmm. i don't know to what degree they used any sort of intelligent writing to whatever what they were trying to say but the concept itself does make my it makes i'm like have the cat bristled reaction like i'm not a fan of what i'm hearing so far so i i'm again anything that you kind of react to i want to watch it like i want to see what it's all about before i really rip on it are you talking about the original one or yeah the original (laughs) and then and then like you know so um the reason i bring this up isn't to really dwell on the mikado because it's you know just search mikado and yellow face on google and you'll see tons of reactions yeah about it um i want to get your guys' thoughts as a director as an actor about you know because i know minji you're a fan of classics like you love shakespeare and things like that and 
your thoughts about taking classics and you know bringing it to the modern world or you know um, taking works that like the big thing about the Mikado production in Austin is that they're saying that the art itself like the play itself is it's pretty good mm-hmm. it's just the context that it's um that it's based in is outdated mm-hmm. and so there is a way to still do it but not be like totally tone deaf and you know but then people would it, people would right? say then then you're taking whatever gilbert and sullivan created you're people will argue like oh you're tarnishing the original you're like taking away from what the the, the art that they made you're making it something else i mean right. there's ways to interpret that you're I mean, you can say that about anything, like any remix song, you're like tarnishing, your, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's tons of songs that are really old classics that the people have taken and put into an EDM song. I'm like, wow, that's awesome, you know? <laughs> One of which is being uh, Cry by Bingo Players, which Flowrider also used. I'm sorry, I just love that song, but it's actually an 80s ballad. And I like went back, I was like, who is this woman singing? And then I mm. did my research, I found out. So people repurpose stuff all the time, you know? And I think what, well, when it comes to something controversial like that, where you're like, again, I didn't watch thing, but you're just like blatantly tearing apart a group of people. I think it's awesome that they're reclaiming it and making it what they want. It's not the original, but then that's, it was inspired by it, so go for it. And that's my thought on that, but I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's a lot... There's a lot to be said about like um, knowing the the history of your medium and 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 like mining that for inspiration. Um, I do think that you know I, I think about this with um, I think about this with with like uh, like high school English curriculum where it's like you read <laughs> like super like dated texts and you know it. it it kind of alienates like, you know, students and, you know, it's like, I I think we always have to have an eye toward the future and, and creating new work I I think is, is really important because like, yes, like you could take, you know, classic works and try and adapt them, you know, for now. Um, But instead of like actually pushing the medium forward, I think that's more just like a dialogue with the past, mm-hmm. which is valuable. Yeah. Um, but I always think like, you know, I, I, I think as, um, as like a, a, an artistic community, it's like, you always want to like figure out like, well, what are the, what are the stories that are like really now? You right. Know? Like what right. are the stories that, that, um, that in a hundred years will also feel dated and that's okay. Right. You know, like, it's, cause that's, cause we've talked so much about art. Like it is a, it's a time capsule too. Mm-hmm. It is right. to capture the feel and the priorities or the things that we cared about or celebrated or hated or whatever at that time. Yeah. That's what I love about it because you listen to songs from the seventies and sixties and seventies. It is of that time. It spoke and cried and celebrated what they were dealing with and you know cared about at that time which i think is awesome and then you know we have our own movement now because we're living in a completely different era we're all humans and feel the same things but those emotions are being shared in a different way through different sounds and different lyrics and different films and you know right youtube clips so not to not to uh, gush too much about hamilton again but that's kind of what hamilton did as well in terms of the casting is like Hamilton itself is a story about an immigrant who comes to the States and like makes something of himself through his writing. Mm-hmm. Right. And Lin-Manuel Miranda said himself, it's a very hip hop story because mm-hmm. uh, it's like a poor guy bringing us elevating himself through the power of his words. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but the cast for people who aren't aware is 
mostly people of color, like um, you have black people and Asian people playing historically white characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the whole point is like, it's an immigrant story, but in the context of today. So if the cast is made up of what today's immigrants would look like. Right. I love that. And that's brilliant. Like that's how so he simple and so brilliant. It, yeah. That's what I love about Shakespeare. And that's what like when you're saying it's a co- dialogue with the past and it's, for me about contextualizing things like giving context to this is what this story is actually about when i found out that 10 things i hate about you which <laughs> i freaking love <laughs> joseph gordon levitt okay and i was even madly, 10 things George, that was yes, like long i was hair, in love like with him since angels jiggle. in the outfield joseph gordon levitt i loved him through that is what true love you go through long hair you go through everything <laughs> but i love 10 things i hate about you and i didn't know that that was taming of the shrew you know, that's Shakespeare, you guys. And then um, Clueless, one of my favorite movies <laughs> from the 90s. That's Emma. That's Jane Austen. You know what I'm saying? Like, And they take these stories that are like kind of timeless and they're just, they're stories. But you find a way to bring it to modern day. I love that stuff. And I think that there's, it's, that's, it's art begetting art. Mm-hmm. Granted, Clueless is not Emma, but it's inspired by that story. Um, you can t- say that she stole from Jane Austen, whatever. Like Amy Heckerly made that movie, but... I think it's a really great way to bring that back alive. Something that mm-hmm. is a classic that when you read it, have no interest in the way that she writes because mm-hmm. it's very old English style. It's a way to appreciate, wow, Jane Austen's a badass. Like, this is a great story. <laughs> if you if you found that out, if you knew that. But in any case, it's kind of like keeping it modern and fresh. And I don't know. If I wrote something and then like 100 years from now, 200 years from now, somebody thought it was really dope to like modernize it. Into, uh, I personally would be like, thanks, as long mm. as you give me credit. <laughs> Even if you didn't, though, like, you know, that's awesome. Man. So inspired by the works of Michi Chang. That'd be dope. I'm saying, like, I think it's really cool when art begets art, like good art, you know? But then that's all subjective, yeah. too. So if there was something you would want to modernize, <laughs> what would it be? This is my truth or dare 10 questions so taking like a classic and making it yeah it was it's like a classic thing that you've read before that you really want to like see done in a modern way or modernize it could be you know like a like a 10 things i hate about you type of thing where it's kind of just repurposed Mm -hmm. or it could be like the Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio, where it's just the same thing but a different setting. That's what I'm saying. Or I even love the Great Boz Gatsby. Lerman. He did that, yeah. yeah, with great exactly. We talked about that, yeah. right? Like how he just like the it's technology. A, it's and, the 20s like feel, yeah, but with like modern with Jay Z. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I'm sorry, but I, and people hated it. There's so many people hated it that said it's so disrespectful. It. But I'm like, this is so dope. I can't because it's Boz Lerman, and I expected that from him. Mm-hmm. We know what he did with Romeo and Juliet. We know what he did with Moulin Rouge. This guy's a spectacle maker. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I love it, and I was like, he's the perfect person to make Gatsby and kind of like capture the essence of all the. Yeah, because, you know, a little part never hurt nobody, you know? Dude, they get turned. It was lit, okay? <laughs> like, if we're going to modernize it, Great Gatsby was like, I'm sorry, anybody who parties now would want to party with Gatsby. Let's just be <laughs> I real. I imagine those crazy 20s parties are, like, prob- probably crazier than, like, a lot of the parties these Prohibition, days. Prohibition, man. It was not allowed. That made it even better. <laughs> and no one knew that, like, cocaine was bad or <laughs> things like that. I can do it. It's fine. <laughs> I just need to, like, get a hot washcloth the next day. I don't know. I don't know what they did to relieve themselves. Did you answer my question that I forgot? I don't know. (laughs) It's hard. I can't think of one in particular. I mean, it's also funny for me because it's like I am actually thinking about my next film. And it's like what I want to do. And, I mean, it's like I have 
I have ideas, ideas that I can't really talk about, but like, it's just one of those. Can you tell me like offline? Later. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just like, I, I do think a little bit about, um, like our Asian American culture and like, you know, you think about these, um, you know, it's not even that old, but like you think about like Wayne Wang's like first film, like, um, Charlie, Charlie Chan. Uh, um, I haven't watched that. And it's just like, and there's so many, like, there's these things that um, uh, I, I, I look at them, I watch, I read, and it's just like, oh, it's like, it's different. Like, it's like, the state of Asian America today is different. Um, but there's so many similarities still. It's like, even, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even like, I mean, it's not even that long ago, but like Joy Luck Club, like you like look at it and you're kind of like, oh, like, there's some of these things that feel dated. And then there's things that like, oh, like, it's still at the core of like, this kind of immigrant Asian American experience, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder, I feel like it's too soon to do the Joy Luck Club too, but you never know. <laughs> now the, now the, you know, Waverly's a mom now herself. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Now that we're past, and Tamlin's re- my friend now. So we could like, Tamlin, yo, now that we're past reboot fever and now we're into continuation fever, you know, I it might that's be a great. Thing. Honestly, if it's a good story, you want to find, if, if, if it is a good story, you're always curious, like what happened? Yeah. I think that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. And I You're think gonna have to find a lot of Hoppa like actors, which I guess isn't that hard. No, right? it's not. To There's... play the kids. More and more. Yeah. More and more. Yeah. And um what I recently watched last week, I watched Brooklyn, which was a beautiful movie. Just love. Rave, rave, rave. But um, you know, and it's about a girl who immigrates from Ireland and it's just beautiful. It's played by the actress from Atonement. Mm-hmm. I can't say her name. Sersha. Sersha. Yeah, I love her. She's just lovely. So elegant and just subtle and lovely. But um, and I was thinking it's just like this immigrant story. You know, she's coming from Ireland, leaving everything she knows, her family and how hard it is. And I'm just like, imagine that. But she, I was, you know, relating to it. And I was like, she speaks English, though. <laughs> And I was, so you know what I mean? My, my brain was going in a million different directions. Like there's yeah. so many great immigrant stories and these are all very American stories. And that's what yeah. I think was so relatable because it's in New York mm-hmm. and she's meeting Italian people. She's meeting all these different people in New York. And that's a story that I think could never be because yeah. there's so many different ways to tell it. Mm-hmm. Something gets lost that gets lost in today's, you know, rhetoric about immigrants, whatever it was. Your grandparents are probably immigrants yeah. too. Even your parents maybe. Yeah. But that's, Anyways, that's something cool, I think. On that note, we're going to take a quick break uh, before we come back and talk to Andrew about his award winning Sundance film. So we'll be right back. And this podcast is brought to you by Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment, discovering, elevating, showcasing, and connecting the co creative people in our communities. And we want you still to join Collaboration. We're still recruiting. Really, we're never not recruiting because we keep meeting awesome people. So open invitation to you guys that, you know, you want to join Steph. Holla. Yeah. If you're, I just deformalized this entire If you're <laughs> in any of our 14 member cities, you can sign up at collaboration.org. There's a link right on the top of the page that will take you right to the application. And we're also recruiting for our editorial staff. So if you're a writer who wants to um, write about the Asian American experience, 
whether profiling cool people or taking a look at upcoming events or even just giving your thoughts on various topics in our community. We want your voice on our blog. There's a link to our application also on collaboration.org. Check it out. Check it out. And um, we have some events coming up. And the collaboration season is well underway. We got a couple great events coming up. Minji, why don't you give us the yeah, rundown? Yeah, we do. We does. Um, so in collaboration, Houston, if you're out in Texas in the H-Town, um, God, people are going to give me so much crap for making a mockery of their name. I don't mean it out of that. I love you guys. But Houston is having their second open mic night of 2016. It's Thursday, February 25th at 7 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time at the Stage Lounge and Live Music venue. Which is 9889 Bel Air Boulevard Suite D229. Yeah, so if specific. you're in H Town, you should go check it out. Thank you for backing me up. Yep. No problem. Um, so coming up this Saturday, actually, on February 20th at 7 p.m. at UC Berkeley, Go Bears, at the Valley Life Sciences Building, um, the Collaboration San Francisco will be working with UC Berkeley's Circle K organization to do a concert for cause so they're going to have a musical night where students come together and showcase talent um all the proceeds are going to be donated to the pediatric trauma program which uh, aims to raise funds in order to promote community outreach assist partner hospitals and provide advanced medical training for doctors so this is a very uc berkeley type event i love it very very my alma mater (laughs) so much love but yeah if you're there check it out they're going to have some great acts um, and it's for a really good cause. So Saturday, 7 p.m. at the Valley Life Sciences Building at UC Berkeley. Yeah. And those are the upcoming events this coming couple of weeks. Um, one last thing before we get back to the show is, as always, send us your emails with questions, feedback, personality quizzes, and all else to podcast at collaboration.org. We always love hearing from you. And yeah, that's it for the club update. Uh, we'll get back to Andrew on and Sundance. Welcome back to the Cloudcast. I'm Marvin Yue, along with Minyi Chang and director Andrew On. Hello, hello. How's it going? Hi. It's good. <laughs> so, how does it feel to be an award-winning director? I mean, it's it's it's. Do you take ownership of that, or is it Joe's award? It's really. I mean, the, the, <laughs> it was the special jury award. I mean, for, you, you did you did direct him. I, right? I did direct Joe. Award. Yeah, it was special jury award for breakthrough performance, and and it was. I mean, it's awesome because. Um, it, it, it's, it's so great that, um, his performance, um, you know, like reached out to people, mm-hmm. you know, like you, I, I feel like as a filmmaker, it's like you, you know, it's like you want your characters on screen to make an, an impact, you know, on the audiences and, and, you know, that it was just the, it was the best way to end the festival experience. You know, it was, it was awesome. Um, I mean, the whole festival was, was great. It was exhausting, but like the audiences were super responsive and, you know, like everybody was so, um, supportive of what the film was, was doing. And, and, um, you know, and just for an Asian American film with an Asian American cast, a Korean American cast, you know, to, um, have that sort of visibility and platform, mm-hmm. like huge, you know, like I, uh, I can't, I can't imagine a, a better place, you know, than Sundance for the film's premiere, you know, it was just, it was, it was a really, a really, really cool experience. Nice. 
and I, I just realized I forgot to introduce the film that Andrew made. <laughs> it's called Spa Night. Yeah. Um, which we talked about a couple episodes ago. Yeah. So I, think, that out, I think the last time I chatted with you guys, like I had made the film and I was like You're, waiting yeah. to hear back from Sundance. <laughs> yeah, so I was just I remember. like like super tense but the anxiety yeah and, and so i was kind of like trying not to talk too much about it and you know i think the last podcast was more just about like being an asian american filmmaker yeah. but, but yeah i mean about doll <laughs> oh god yeah but um yeah so i mean spawn um just to to let people know it, it the film is about um a korean american immigrant family living in los angeles and their Sundubu restaurant yeah, closes. Yeah. And oh. so each member of the family has to figure out a new way. And the son, David, he takes a job at a Korean spa kind of in secret um, to help his family pay the bills. And while he's there, he discovers this underground world of gay hookups that kind of scares <laughs> and excites him. Um, it was a really uh, a crazy project to to pitch and to talk about with people because I think the kind of the, the hookup thing um, was a hang up for a lot of people. Like yeah. they're just like, Oh, like this is what this movie is about. But you know, um, but it's really, a, it's, it's for me, it was, it's so much about a family story. And, it is, yeah. and, and I think that that's, um, that's something that, you know, I, I, I wanted to talk about in this movie because ultimately um, like as the son of, of you know, uh, parents who immigrated to this country, it's like that's so much that informs so much of who I am and my yep. identity, yeah. you know, as a Korean yeah. American, as a gay man. It's like it's still it's it it it's it informs colors the entire experience for sure. And I think that's what people resonate. And, you know, being Korean American, I can only imagine and you talk briefly about it but the process of creating something and sharing that kind of story from the point of like the personal level of you taking thoughts and emotions and then putting them out just even written down can be it, it's a lot right and then going from that to this is this is why i'm like fascinated and love and terrified by the creative process <laughs> because it's such a exposition of yourself yeah. completely if if you're willing to go there yeah. which a lot of people want to do but again for a lot of good legitimate understandable reasons flinch on yeah and being again korean american that's no small thing you know, because yeah. you're like you know what i'm saying it's not just you you're taking down the whole country or something with you or something yeah, like mean, that it's, it's a lot of pressure right? it's a lot, a lot of pressure of, it's the rep sweats right <laughs> but as, but so that's the thing right it's like if we could just do more like i i will say that like um I have to be really aware of the Asian American, like independent legacy, you know, like mm -hmm. there was um, advantageous last year mm -hmm. and there was soul searching. And before that, you know, you have better luck tomorrow, the motel. It's like, you have these stories and it's like, um, you just have to see yourself within that context and mm -hmm. you have to kind of free yourself from that weight. Um, but you know, it's like when you said the word flinch, like I actually think that's such a great word because, um, the creative process is so much about flinching, you know, like you kind of push yourself to the point where you're like, Oh, it's too much, you know? Yeah. But yeah. I think dial you it back, dial it back. Dial it back. <laughs> and then, and then you, you kind of, you get braver and you try more, but I think, you know, with Spawnite and with, you know, any film that I'm, I'm, I, I've, I've ever made or going to make, um, 
there's a certain level of like you have to look at it as its own thing, you know, like you have to kind of divorce it from your own life、mm -hmm. because if it's too much about you, it can get really paralyzing, right? You know, you and then you'll never it. share it. Yeah, you'll never share it. You'll never, you'll never make it. And so, you know, I think with Spa Night, like people have been asking, like, oh, is it like autobiographical? And and it's like I tell them, it's like so much about、um, the themes and the. The pressures and the emotions of the film are like very truly autobiographical,、mm -hmm, but you、mm -hmm. know it's it's a very different experience, and and some of that is because、um, of the type of story that I wanted to tell, and some of it's because、um, I don't think my life is always that cinematic. You know, it's not like a movie. <laughs> well, we are the the leading person in our own films, <laughs> or like really boring movies of our lives. My life's awesome. Be boring. <laughs> Podcast producer, you, <laughs> we do amazing stuff. But my thing was like at Sundance. I'm still okay. So I still just full disclosure. I still haven't watched it, but I feel like I know a lot about it, and and I've seen the responses from people. I've seen you know, I've seen and heard a lot. But what I experienced at Sundance, which I shared in one of our last podcasts, is that I was so upset、mm -hmm. that I couldn't get in to watch、mm -hmm. it because、yeah. I had like it was one of the main reasons I was freaking <laughs> in was Utah. Like, That's half the reason she was there. But <laughs> at the same time, the thing that made me just be really okay with it, I was like really upset and really okay because I was like because it's kicking so much ass, I can't get in. I'm cool with that. You know what I mean? I was really happy. And then funny, I was talking with our friend Sean, and Sean was saying that he was talking to different people. Like the waitlist was full, like way early. So there's, there's, I accepted it early on because like there's no way. There's well, I mean, literally no way. The film way. had what what the industry calls buzz. Yeah, the, that's what I'm saying. Like it, people gravitated towards what the story was about. They wanted、Andrew、to. He was on NPR. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was really cool. And so when、A、he real, so Sean radio was saying, podcast station. Hey, we're real. <laughs> NPR, let's talk.、Um, but Sean was saying that he talked to people about getting into be on the waitlist or something like that, and they're like, "Oh, are you on the wait?" Someone asked Sean, "Like, oh, did you get on the waitlist for Spa Night?" And he's like, "No, I actually got a ticket." Because he got it in advance, and they're like, "Oh, you're so lucky!" Or like they said, "Like, how'd you do that?" Because apparently, that's how hot this ticket was. Like, it was. I mean, it was. It was really cool. I, I think a lot of that is like it was this curiosity. Yeah,、right? you know, like people wanted to know about it. I mean, this is a good story. And I think.、Already. I think it's it's um, you know, it's like you look at. All the other films that were in U.S. dramatic competition, and you know, it's like they had big names. You know, it's like、yeah. you saw like Ellen Page and、yeah. like Army Hammer,、yeah. and then like you get to like Josa, Yunho Cho, <laughs> Harry Kim, Tae Song. You know, it's like、yeah. it's like this. It's like, are we accepting movies from Korea? <laughs> I know, and, and 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 actually, like that was the really cool thing. And I I said this at、um, you know during my intros for the film where I was like. You know, this film is in like seventy percent Korean dialogue. You know, and、um, like, how awesome is it that it's in U.S. dramatic competition? That you know, for me, like Spa Night, the story—it's about an immigrant family living in L.A. It's as American a story as like a cowboy western.、Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that that's something that like. We need to have be reflected in like American independent cinema. Right, you know, it's like you need to see that the diversity of like what you know this country is today. Right, you know, and I think that、um, to 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 see more films like this, like you know, it's like after I got back from Sundance, it was crazy. I had like、um, a two day period where I I met with like. Four Korean American filmmakers, like back to back to back to back, and you know it's just like 
I I want to do so much to support because it's like I realize that their work is only going to um, like help the entire community. It's going right. to help my work. You know, it's like. So are you like the master now? No, <laughs> no. I mean, I think it's. I think what's master on. <laughs> no, I think what's cool. Film guru. <laughs> well, it, it's so strange to be on this other side because for so like for so long I was fighting to get this movie made. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now to be on this other side where it's been made and, and you know, we got a distribution deal, we're gonna be released by Strand, like yeah. it'll be in theaters. Yeah. You know, it's like really cool. Um but it's 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 one of those things where it's it's gonna be a short lived kind of like <laughs> hump and then I'm gonna be back in the uphill like trying to make the next one. Right. But now with something on your belt though right yeah so yeah no i mean it's 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 definitely like um the the weight of that the momentum of that is gonna hopefully carry me through to make something you know with less challenges but you know like the challenges of making spawn i it wasn't just the fact that like i didn't have you know another feature film it was also just like trying to make a film in the korean american community right we talked about that when you were like talking about casting issues and how do you you know, tell this story yeah. to like, cause you were very, and that's what I loved about it, that you're so adamant and passionate about maintaining the integrity of the language. Cause, yeah. cause like that is for certain people, like that's a risk of saying like, I'm not going to make this mofo in English. Cause you would have translated <laughs> this whole thing. Right. And again, some fob mom, yeah. does, and it just wouldn't have been as real. Cause yeah. she would not speak it to her, her son. Yeah. Or again, I haven't watched the movie, but I know yeah. just contextually speaking, she would not, the mom and dad would not be speaking like English. English. Yeah. yeah. Like the whole, like the accented English thing and like, yeah. you know, like casting a non Korean American actor to play Korean American. Like it just didn't feel right for this project. Like right. I understand why that happens for other like TV shows or films. Like I get why that happens for spa night. That wasn't going to be the case because I feel like authenticity was really important to me. And then also it's like, you know, I think it's, it's like with, with my actor, Joe Sa, it was like, there's so much great talent in the Korean American community. Like just dig a little deeper, you know, like I really challenge like casting directors and filmmakers to like dig deeper and like find, um, you know, the, the maybe unknown, you know, actor who might be perfect for this part, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Mm -hmm. I, I think that it's, it's a responsibility that, um, that, you know, I have to the Korean American community that it's like, I want to bring us up, you know, it's not just about like my film and my way. It's like, it's really, you know, it's, it's, if, if I'm going to be portraying the Korean American community in my film, then, then there's a certain amount of, um, uh, respect and responsibility that you have to have for that community. And I'm very, very grateful. I think all of us are. And I think that reflects in the quality of your story. Again, all of it to me feeds into like, what is the result, right? And the Mm. result was something that people, whether you're Korean or not, it has nothing to do with that, but you can gravitate towards something and connect with something because it itself is real. Right. And so thank you for demanding that of it because some people, and for a lot of different, again, legit reasons for a lot of different things, People can forego certain things to compromise for, again, for their own reasons. But um, for me personally, in this way, like I was so enthusiastic when I heard about this project like over a year ago. I think we heard about it from uh, we were at we on the your yeah. casting director was yeah. there to try yeah. to cast um, the parents. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. was like, I can play a, a Korean mom. <laughs> <laughs> You're like younger than Joe. I know, <laughs> you know, I know. Like, but, 
but yeah, you know, it's makeup, like... Makeup, hair, whatever. <laughs> I, think, I think that's that's the thing, too, is that... And, and you hear this um, said, and I don't think it's said quite enough, but, like, the more specific you can get in your storytelling or in your art, um, the more universal it gets in a way. Like, the more people respond to it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, because there's not this, like fakeness that you you see you you're know? not reaching for anything you're just like yeah going for what is and i think that like you know it's it's to kind of go back a little bit it's a little bit like it's a little bit like formation where it's i like, agree you i know? was totally see because <laughs> because we're like, mind melding <laughs> there's this moment i you know i saw on facebook someone someone was talking about it's like oh like formation isn't for us you know it's like <laughs> it's and there's a certain level of like spawnite it's like like um I, I keep talking about this with my producers where it's like, oh, like I would love to have a screening of Spa Night where we turn off the subtitles and it's actually, you know, it's like a Korean American audience mm-hmm. and how kind of huge that would be, you know, like that, like we could see a movie and we understand these languages and we understand the nuances. Like there's a scene in the film where like the mom is cutting an apple and it's that one continuous peel thing. And there's just something about that that's, like, so Korean. So specifically You know, Korean. and and it's it, it's a little bit of, like, I guess it's, like, an Easter egg for, like, Korean audiences, you know? I, too, have been trained in the fine art of <laughs> peeling apples and pears <laughs> and persimmons. Right? That, that's the technique? That's a French term. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going off the map here. But, yeah, you're going um, off the grid. But, yeah, no, I mean, it's, like, it's... Um, it's so funny. Uh, yeah, it's it, there's something. I love the ab- Easter egg. Yeah, it's totally true. You know, and I think that that's we we should see more of that. You know, it's like I think that that's really cool, and I think that's it's it's you know it's a way to get audiences to um, to be more uh, demanding of what they watch. You mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. and and I also think that it's a way to. Um, have them be more brave about the choices like that's like oh like I want to watch this because it's like you know it's it's bold it's boundary pushing you know like so even if I don't get a hundred percent of it like it's going to show me something that I haven't seen before exactly and the funny thing is that it's so in your own head about what is actually boundary pushing do you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like it could be you feel like it is (laughs) but to the rest of the it really is not it's just an interesting story it's Mm -hmm. not super provocative right but and we've talked about so much well, of the business side of like the it's risk it's just not a story people are used to seeing right, right? or not the people they're used to seeing perform this story yeah right even though, even though the story beats and the you know the universalness of it mm-hmm. um is u- universe universal <laughs> <laughs> to be perfectly not redundant well you know for me it's like it's um it's like these are human beings. Like you, 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 you know, it's like, even if they're from a different culture, a different country, it's yeah. like they're human beings who have relationships to other yeah. human beings. Like you yeah. have to see yourself in that. Yeah. You know, there's like a, this level of humanity that like is it's, it's a, you know, it's like the denominator. Like yes, we yeah. have that all in common. And I think that that's, um, you know, I, I hate it when I hear people say it's like, Oh, it's like, you know, if you want to make something that connects to audiences, it has to have like a white man in it. And you're just like, are you kidding me? Like, are we that shallow? Like, are we that superficial? And that's what I appreciate about your movie. And I, what I think what has really exponentially changed in the last year or two, really. But that, that uh, notion is quickly transforming. Um, I think it's transforming also because there's people from our generation now 
getting to the positions where they're yeah. now casting directors or producers or people who like sign the checks or right? getting yeah. on stage and being Kendrick Lamar and Beyonce. Do yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that all is part of the converse. The conversations are having the, the yeah the provocativeness. America is changing. Through. Entertainment industry is changing. It's freaking people out, but it's happening. Deal with it. Awesome. You know? <laughs> no, Marvin looks in, so man. happy right just, now. But, um, <laughs> before we wrap up real quick, I wanted to um just from your your side of things, like how was the rest of your Sundance? Like what do you do when you're not showing off your film? Talking yeah, about I mean, your film or like <laughs> I was I was trying to watch, you know, as many mm. films as I could. I mean it's really tough, but you know, it like for me it was really important to go watch So Young Kim's film. She had a film called Love Song and and So Young Kim, like she was huge in my kind of just like thinking about myself as a filmmaker because her first film in between days is, you know, it's, it's like a Korean American film, um, you know, and then seeing treeless mountain, I just think like she's a really brilliant filmmaker. So like to go, like I was in the same category as her. It was like nuts, you know, and like, (laughs) I like talked to her and was like being chummy, but yeah, you know, it's like, um, trying to go see film because ultimately for me, it's like, again, it's, it's a, it's, it's about community. It's like, you're trying to find people who, um, make film, love film in the way that, that you do and, and have a similar kind of, um, uh, goal, hopes and aspirations for it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I spoke on a few panels. I was speaking on a panel, um, uh, right before Minji's panel that was hosted by Visual Communications. That would have been amazing if I got to have you on my. It panel. would have been cool. You had to go cool. to other things. But but yeah, I mean, it's it, it, that that kind of um, other things, huh? No, he had to, you had to go to another. <laughs> I, I had to go to another panel. I was yeah, speaking exactly. on, a, an, yeah. on an LGBTQ panel. Do. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like uh, to to support and to really. Um, talk about and champion like other films that like were really important like one of the other filmmakers on um my panel uh was the director of the documentary sonita and that like was huge you know it's like it won like the audience award for best documentary and it won the jury prize for documentary you know it's and so like you know i saw her later at like the award ceremony and i was just like we're so cool you know like <laughs> i that, love this man motion that we're just like, like we're so cool and i and i think that like it, yeah. <laughs> it, it only gives us more confidence to continue making work like this yes yes Awesome. And oh, we didn't even get into our Oscars talk, but that's why I feel like the recognition is important. The, that's why I I can't stop gushing about it because, again, we've talked so much about the complaints, and we and that'll never stop. And it's yeah. an evolving way that we're addressing it. But ultimately, for me, it's super important that we hear your story, that we hear the stories of Soyoung. Like I would love to have her on the podcast, but like to talk about it as as a way to encourage and support each other. Mm-hmm. And challenge each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. rise to the occasion, man. If you have issues with how the status quo is, then do something about it and yeah. and work with other people. Well, also, you know, you, you never know if some kids listening to this podcast right now. I hope so. And like, I, I want to so. be like Andrew. I want him to be my master. Oh. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> do, not, do not call me master. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, no, it's 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 been a really great experience, and and it's it's going to keep going. And you know, we're trying to figure out our LA premiere and. You know, we'll, um, you know, keep everybody updated about that. You could check out our Facebook page. Can you help? Yeah. Let me 
coordinate your <laughs> could premiere. Fi- could finally let Minji see the film. I know. <laughs> she just wants to like inter- like be the moderator for the Q and A. Oh, that would be cool. I'd we love that. that. Well, we're gonna be interviewing some people today. Yeah, so check out collaboration.org for some content coming up in yeah. the next couple of weeks. Get to see Andrew's face. But yeah, that'll that's we're right. yeah, yeah we're we're about at a podcast right now uh thanks andrew for coming back thank it's you. always great to catch up with you uh, congratulations congratulations again on the film thank you thank and i looking forward to finally watching it yeah <laughs> um you can find andrew's stuff at andrew on films on twitter and also on the web andrew yeah, on, yeah. yeah andrew on films.com <laughs> um but yeah all of our all of our updates about like um distribution and festivals will go up on our, our on our facebook page spawnet film yeah awesome. check it out and yeah um one last thing before we go um as always if you have a question to send us or comments or even uh, feedback on the podcast send it to us at podcast at collaboration.org and if you're so inclined give us a quick rating if you're subscribed to us on itunes um it's always great to hear from our uh, listeners to see what you guys think and rating us will help uh, get us higher up on those rankings so cool. more people can listen to us. Share and, it with a friend. Yeah, don't forget to share our podcast. Sure. Um, if you like what you hear, hopefully you like what you hear. And if you send us questions and whatnot, we love to answer them. Yeah. And thanks to the playwrights for letting us use their song for this week's theme. Uh, the song is Backyard Paris from the album Jane's Dad's Cadillac. So that'll do it for this week. Thanks for listening to the Collabcast. Um, for Minji and Marvin and Andrew, we'll see you guys next week. Bye guys. Bye. I had no fence to my defense, but no offense the view was that time.